You're listening to Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I am great. I'm excited to chat with you, excited to hopefully help you on your journey to medical school. What can I answer for you today? Um, I was wanting to know how medical schools view mental health and if that's something that we should disclose to medical schools or if that's still kind of a taboo because I know it kind of is in society. Yeah. So it's a very tough question. Uh, Something I've talked, uh, I think, a lot about, um, but I'm glad you're bringing it up again because it's always something that is top of mind for students who have struggled with mental health. And... Ultimately, the question that medical schools have when they are looking at an application is, will this student succeed in our medical school, number one? Will this student represent our medical school to the fullest? Will this student finish medical school in the time we have allotted, right? Four years, typically, for most medical schools. If students are taking longer to graduate medical school, that's typically something they have to report for accreditation purposes. And they don't, they don't like reporting stuff to the accreditation bodies. And so they are looking at applicants, their GPA, their MCAT score, the rest of the application to say, is this student going to do well in our school? And if you have a history of any sort of mental health struggles, and you have a demonstrated issue because of those the the mental health struggles that you have and and demonstrated issues meaning have you had to take time off of undergrad right did you fail out of a semester did you have to withdraw a semester or two or take a year off or whatever that journey looks like then that's when it starts to raise some red flags for medical schools if you have an academic record that's stellar, you didn't miss any classes, you you did well in undergrad, you did well in the MCAT, and you go, hey, you know what, I have depression, or I have bipolar, I have whatever, but your your academic history says whatever you're doing to, to cope with that, to manage that, you're doing right, right? You're doing okay, and it's probably not going to be an issue. At the end of the day, my response is typically, you don't want to give the admissions committee an an easy reason to potentially just look at your application and you go, you know what, I just don't want to deal with that, right? You mentioned stigma, right? Stigma in the just general society is huge with mental health. And you would hope it'd be less in medical school admissions because, hey, we're all healthcare professionals and we want to take care of people with mental health, but it's still individuals reviewing applications and people who may have biases towards any sort of students who have uh, mental health struggles. So at the end of the day, my response is typically, if your mental health condition or whatever you're dealing with is integral to you wanting to be a physician, then you need to tell your story and it probably needs to be in there. I don't know if I would focus on it a thousand percent and and really highlight it and talk about it, right? The 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 part of your application is really why do you want to be a doctor? Your personal statement, why do you want to be a doctor? Um, but if if part of that reason of why you want to be a doctor is because of your mental health struggles, 
go for it. Just to understand that, yes, it could be a red flag for some medical schools, and they, they may not look at the rest of your application because of that, which stinks, but that's, that's just the way it is. So is it best for students who have taken time off to not disclose that about their mental health, that they took reasons off for mental health reasons, or just say that they you know, took time off for a different reason if they didn't want to include that in their application? Yeah, so... Typically, in the primary application, there really isn't any specific place for disclosing time off. Where a lot of time off comes from in terms of answering that question is in secondary essays. A lot of schools will ask, have you had any breaks in your education? And that's where you can talk about those breaks in your education. Now, it... it it's completely individual. You may have had multiple breaks. Uh, someone else may have had just one semester to deal with something. And so, again, at the end of the day, try to put yourself in the shoes of the admissions committee. If you've had multiple breaks and multiple issues over the period of your undergrad career, the likelihood that you will need breaks again moving forward in medical school because medical school is that much harder and you your sleep is is typically less and your your self-care is typically less which exacerbate mental health issues right a, a person reading that will probably assume that you're going to need a lot of extra help in medical school and it's going to be like mm, i don't know if i really want to deal with that i'd rather have someone who's going to be a core member of our class that's not going to be held back or, or need to take some time off so that's, that's how you want to try to think about this. But again, I'm not telling you to avoid being who you are. Just understand the potential consequences of talking about that. And so if you can potentially frame it in a different way, then you can try that if you're okay doing that. But if you're like, I just, I want to be me and I want, I want schools that accept me and will support me. That's another potential argument for why you should disclose, right? If, if, if you're going to apply to 20 schools and you disclose uh, your mental health struggles and taking time off, and there are five schools that are like, yeah, that's cool. That's okay. We'll, we'll deal with that. We'll support you. Then great. You know that those five schools are all in, right? And you can be who you are in those schools. And you, you can you can step forward and be honest and, and go ask for help versus some students who may avoid putting stuff on an application. They may be scared to go seek help because they're like, well, I don't know, right? I didn't talk about it in my application or anywhere and, and they don't know. And if I step forward, what's going to happen? Are they going to kick me out? And so students suffer in silence, which isn't good either. So you mentioned that um, mental health, like, or sorry, that medical schools kind of drain your mental health because you're sleeping less. Do medical schools offer any type of like, you know, mental health services mm -hmm. or do they, you know, do they do anything at all to like help check on you and just make sure that you as a student are okay and to help lift that burden? Yep. Yeah. Schools definitely have, um, most schools will have resources for student wellness to help uh, students through that process. Do you have any specifics on that? Do you have like any examples maybe? Uh, I don't have any specific examples off the top of my head, but it's just something to, as you go through this process and you're looking at schools to apply to, 
um, you can you can either ask students who go to that school searching uh, Reddit or Student Doctor Network uh, anywhere online where you can find students at that schools and ask them say hey uh, what resources are there for any sort of mental health stress or test anxiety or whatever right a, a lot of schools will have that in place because they know that they need it okay. Am I allowed to ask a question that's not necessarily yeah. geared towards mental health now? Yeah. Okay. So, um, how do you think that med schools view being LGBT? Because I know we have a huge like population of LGBT people in the MCAT pre-med group that you run. Yep. Um, and I'm just wanting to ask some questions on behalf of them. Yeah. I, I think just like any other group of people, it's it's something that that is just looked at separately it's just something that's there a lot of schools potentially may look at it i, I know some secondary essays uh, have in the past specifically asked like do you identify as part of the lgbt community and, and it's a simple yes no or essay type response um and and schools will use that potentially to add diversity to their class so again, it's a very it's a very med school specific thing to determine how they potentially ask those questions and how they weigh that into uh, typically into a diversity um, conversation. So unlike mental health, they view that as like a good thing, and they want those students. I don't know if I would. Yeah, I don't know if I would say. Kind of, I I don't know if I'd put them on opposite ends of the spectrum to say they don't want mental health uh, issue students, but they like diversity and LGBT. I think it's it's just another part of the application. It's another part of who you are as a student, and who you are as a student in totality will determine your ability to get in or not. They're they're not specifically going, okay, show me all the LGBT students and let me pick from those students. They're, they're gonna look at all the applications holistically and, and a lot of students roll their eyes with that word. And, and holistically doesn't mean that they're not looking at your scores. Holistically means if you have shown yourself academically capable of succeeding in, in medical school, they're gonna look at your whole application to determine who you are. And so again, they're they're not specifically going. Let me find all of the the LGBT students first. Let me go find all of the the underrepresented students second. Let me go find right. They're not they're not that clued into it, but they will potentially have a a diversity dean uh, or a diversity person in charge of reviewing applications from a diversity perspective. And going, okay, hey, I'm, I do want to look for underrepresented students. And that's kind of my job to pick out some of the best students from this group who, who may not have the best stats, who may not have the best stories, but who may represent our school well. So, again, it's not uh, if you're LGBT, great, that's good. If you have mental health issues, boo, that's bad. It's just part of your story. It's part of the whole application. Okay, Um. <clears throat> If someone was in med school, because I know that this came up in the pre-med group and they didn't feel comfortable taking care of like an LGBT person or, you know, a patient that was having an abortion. Um, so what are like their options as far as that goes? Are they allowed to say, no, I'm not going to treat that patient, but somebody else can because it goes against my religion or my personal beliefs? That I mean, that's a little bit beyond the scope of this podcast that that gets into a little bit more medical ethics and all of that stuff. 
Um, look, everyone's an individual. We all have our own beliefs and our own um, uh, our our own thoughts about religion and. Uh, the LGBT community and everything else, and unfortunately, not everyone is open and progressive and and everything else and and accepting of everyone, um, and that's that's their own uh, issue to deal with if if they want to consider that an issue or if, if you consider it an issue. Um, depending on the state, depending on the hospital, there are going to be policies and procedures in place to to have them be able to to take care of people that. Uh, that they may not specifically want to take care of. Is that something that they should disclose with medical schools that say, hey, this is against my religion. I personally wouldn't want to, you know, care for this type of patient. I don't think they need to. What do you recommend for students who can't afford to, like, fly out, you know, when they get, like, what are they called? When they get, like, acceptance letters? What What do you recommend? Interviews, you mean? Yes, for interviews. So if, if you're... If you're in a situation where you can't afford to fly, then you probably shouldn't apply. You need to understand that the application process is expensive. Uh, from the primary applications to the secondary applications to having a suit to wear for the interviews to actually flying and, and staying at a hotel and, and Ubers and food and everything while you're traveling, it's expensive. And I have a calculator on my website that you can use to estimate the cost of applying. And you just need to budget and save as much as you can before you apply. The worst thing that you can do is apply to medical school, drain all of your funds, and when it comes to getting an interview, going, oh, that's great, I would love to, but I have no way of getting to you. Medical schools will not want to hear that. They won't go, oh, that's okay, we'll just do a Skype interview. That just shows them that you probably didn't plan very well, and and that shows a part of, of who you are. So they won't pay for your trans- transportation if you were to ask them to? Like if you were you know, a URM student, um, but you were a strong applicant, they yeah. would consider doing that? I, I think there, there are some schools. That it's not going to be a broad schools will pay for you. Some schools will have travel funds set up for students who they truly believe in and who they want to to see in front of them, and, and they'll have those sorts of travel funds set up. Again, it's not a very common thing. Uh, I wouldn't expect it. I would be prepared to pay for it on your own. And if something comes up to say, oh, I, I didn't expect this interview. I was on three other interviews, and I've, I've, I've used all my travel funds. And so if you have any sort of travel funds allotted for me, great. Right, it's it's kind of a, a a a exception to the rule. I wouldn't expect it. Do you think that that can hinder some of the URM students, though? And oh, the cost of applications is definitely a hindrance, and it's 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 uh, and in my mind, it's a tragedy, um, and it's something that I've been actively thinking about um, in in ways that I could fix. Um, but unfortunately, you need a lot of money to do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's it definitely hurts URM students. Um, but it doesn't make it impossible. It it's just comes down to planning. Do you think that eventually that'll change and that they will start Skyping students so that they can have a broader pool of students to sort of pick from? I, I don't see any change in the near future. Uh, University or Carl, Illinois um, University, 
uh, Carl Illinois College of Medicine, which is a relatively new school, they don't do interviews. They do a video, uh, like a video recorded type response, um, but they don't do in-person interviews. So that's one school out of <laughs> oh, almost 200 that, uh, that doesn't do interviews. I don't see interviews changing. I think humans think that they need to have someone sit in front of them, uh, although data shows that that's not necessarily true to to be able to get to know someone and, and have that interaction. Um, and I think just because it's the way it's been, it's probably going to be that way for a long time. Yeah. Do you see, um, I guess, do you, what are like the pros and cons of them doing that though? Like if someone was to say, want to apply to that school, what do you think some of the pros and cons of that would be? In terms of what? Um, just in terms of the process. Cause I, I think that it would be a good idea to do Skype interviews because then someone could Skype, um, at their house and then maybe they feel more comfortable if they're in their office, in their home office. And then I think you're going to get a better applicant. You're going to see a more genuine applicant because they're not going to be as nervous because they're not states away. And then you might be able to reach URM students that maybe. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not arguing. I'm not arguing the fact that Skype interviews would definitely help a lot of people, but mm -hmm. it's, me sitting in my basement of my house right now, Skyping with you, isn't going to change all of medical education to have all of the deans of admissions go, hey, we're not going to do in-person interviews anymore. It's just, the I, I think there is a, a benefit to going to the schools and seeing the school and seeing the culture and talking to students and looking at facilities. I, I, I think an in-person interaction is, is always the best. Um, I'm not saying the interview process typically is, is the best to, to do in person. Um, I think there are a lot of issues with in-person interviews. The MMI hopefully is fixing some of that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm not disagreeing with you that a Skype interview for a lot of people would definitely be beneficial and, and would help overcome a lot of the, the financial barriers for disadvantaged students. I'm not sure if I have any more questions. All right. Well, it was a good conversation. It was. I, I liked the conversation. It, it definitely took a, a turn that uh, I wasn't expecting. A lot of, um, uh, just a lot of good advocacy for people who who need help in this process. And um, hopefully, as my reach and potential influence grows, I can have more of an impact on that. I have a project um, that we're. I have my team working on right now called Pre-Med Mentors, where um, it will help uh, disadvantaged students, those coming from underrepresented backgrounds, the profits of that book and whatever else kind of spins off from that, the profits of that will go back to scholarships and to organizations that serve the, the minority population of pre-med students, disadvantaged students. So... Um, it's definitely something I think about a lot, and uh, it was a, a fun conversation to have with you about that. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me here on Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Did you know that we record these live on Facebook at 3 p.m. Eastern on most weekdays? Search for Medical School HQ on Facebook and like the page to be notified. If you want help with the MCAT, go check out the MCAT podcast at the MCAT podcast.com. 